Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. ESPN Radio. Went to a fair amount of shows this summer. That one was great, though. Underrated. Big Head Todd the Monsters. I know a lot of you out there uh, agree with me because you actually don't think they're underrated. You just think they're awesome. That's why they play in Montana so much. Welcome back to Montana's Now ESPN Radio. Feeling very 90s today. Appreciate you for tuning in. I'm Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Happy to be here with you. Missed anything in the first hour of the show. We talked some Big Sky Conference football. Broke down the Sac State-Montana State matchup a little bit. Heard from Brent Vegan of MSU. Just a snippet of what he thinks about Sacramento State. Never played the Hornets in his head coaching career there at MSU. We also heard from Andy Thompson, the head coach of the Hornets. We also gave you a prep uh, extra with some of the games tonight and games tomorrow. We heard from Josh McCrossin, the head coach of the Corvallis Blue Devils football team. And we also talk some Big Sky Conference uh, preseason all-conference hoops. All of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com to see how Blackfoot can help you and your small business. The M Store, where they're all grids all the time. And the Montana State Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. You have to wonder if soon at the M Store or any other place in Missoula, there'll be some Big Sky Conference championship teachers for sale because the University of Montana soccer team... They are Big Sky champions. 2-0 over Sacramento State. A decisive effort to clinch the Big Sky title in what has been a season full of decisive efforts for the Grizz soccer team. Uh, what is this now, Andrew? About 12-2-3? About is that where they're at right now? Uh, for Grizz soccer? Yeah. Yes, it is. I mean, 12-2-3, especially given the non-covers that they played, is uh, it's just an unbelievable record. They're certainly going to have uh, a chance to make some noise. In the national tournament, uh, we've been giving you tickets all week long. We'll keep giving them to you coming up tomorrow. Uh, but now, no pressure on the Grizz for their final home game of the season, uh, their final uh, regular season home game of the season. Uh, Portland State coming to town on Sunday, but the Grizz, uh, they are Big Sky champions. Now, so tell me this. I can't remember, Andrew. How does the soccer, does, does the Grizz get to host with this, or is it like the other tournaments where the previous year's champion gets to host? Yeah, it's actually down in Flagstaff because okay, NAU won NAU the tournament last, last year. year. Right. Unfortunately, I was just talking with Chris Chitavisky about this earlier this season. Next year, they're going to a neutral site tournament. So the Grizz down don't in, even get to host it? Down in Phoenix, oh, except man. that the sports complex that they're planning on hosting it at went out of business. Oh, jeez. Or is being sold. So maybe we do have it back up here in Missoula this year. They've they've won the right at least to host it if they decide not to do the neutral tournament next year. Yeah, they got to do that. Well, it's been a, a banner literally now year for Grizz Soccer. So uh, congratulations to them. What do you think? Should we give the last pair of tickets away right now since we're just talking about it? Sure. We got a pair of tickets for the Portland State game Sunday at noon. It'll be senior day. I imagine they'll be recognizing them for this regular season championship. Yeah, people can been, go ahead and call me right now. 406-888-1029. Fastest to the draw. 888 1029. Call right now. We got a pair of tickets for you. 
to the uh, Grizz soccer game on Saturday against Portland State, the recently crowned Big Sky Conference champions, the uh, University of Montana uh, women's soccer team. Sunday is supposed to be pretty nice. A little cloudy, but uh, no rain. So uh, there you go. Congratulations to Grizz soccer. Well, look who I found back from the other side of the world. Brooks Juan is back with us, and we got him in studio today. He's been out of the country uh, on a work trip. Uh, certainly happy to have him back. We're going to be talking all things NFL. We're going to do a little guess the lines. We're going to break down the NFL all the way across the board and uh, have some fun. How was your trip, man? It was completely and utterly amazing. It's great. Europe is super cool. I There was a lot of things that were exactly what I anticipated, and mm. there was a lot of things that were vastly different. Mm. Um, but underrated part of the trip, which I thought would be great, but... England, man, the UK. Yeah, yeah. Really, really, really cool. I mean, you can, you kind of get why they want to have an NFL team over there now, right? I mean, totally. But it's just, it's beautiful. The rolling countryside, the sheep, the cattle, the the small towns, the, you're speaking English, but it's a different version of English. So it's like, it's being in a foreign country, but it's not. It's super cool, man. I really enjoyed the UK. The people were wonderful. You could actually connect on a deeper level when you're speaking, you know, the same language. So very interesting. I anticipated it to be cool. It was better than I thought. Well, awesome. Glad to have you back. What was, uh, I don't even know if this is even a, uh, there's a point to this question. What was the sports watching experience like, or was there? No, nine? it's a massive point. I mean, my whole life is revolving around sports. And like <laughs> Monday night football kicked off at 2.30 in the morning. You know, it's, right. like, it's very challenging. So yeah. in the mornings, like I'd wake up every day at 6, 5.36 in the morning. And I like watched USC in triple overtime against Arizona while eating breakfast. <laughs> right. You know, like it's like, Weird a, it's very, very different. So, and like not getting to catch up on sports until the next day was hard. Um, I did get to watch some NFL because, like, the London game, for instance, is on the afternoon. It's fantastic. Right, right. Um, so, like, I did in the NFL, the early slate kicks off at 7 p.m. So, eat dinner, watch some, some football. That was great. Um, enjoyable, but definitely challenging with the time difference. Well, I heard a, a funny one. I just got to give a jab real quick because I've, I've been on the... Uh, I mean, I think Deion Sanders is an awesome character. I loved following him during his professional career. I loved the bravado and, and hype around what he's brought to Colorado. But I also... New, I mean, just, just it's just something that I believe to be true just across the board, no matter what, anyways. But it's always the pride before the fall. You, you can't you can't talk a bunch of smack if you don't have the horses to back it up. And I just, even when Colorado was rolling, they beat TCU, they beat Nebraska, they beat Colorado State. Okay, well, whatever. The last two that I just named aren't good. So those were like whatever. I mean, Sac State beat Colorado State. But like five touchdowns last year. Carl State's not good. So I knew that the the uh, buffs were a little bit overrated coming into it. And I, and I thought they were going to have a really hard time. And then it turns out the Pac-12 is really, really good as well. And so they're taking their lumps. And so uh, I usually don't like to pile on, but I do like to pile on on this one because I just know I was right about this one. But I heard a hilarious one from Cousin Sal earlier today. He said, I think Deion Sanders might be the Lynn Sanity of college football. I was like, whoa. So this is, we're already over it. It's, it's not going to last much longer. I, I don't think that's true. I do think there's much more sustainability, and I think he'll get good recruits. I think they'll be good at Colorado. But uh, it's just been fascinating to watch how much, exterior hype that has literally nothing to do with the football players on the team have impacted the narrative around Colorado. Yeah, it sure is interesting. I, I mean, I don't think that it matters what Colorado, how they recruit or what happens with the program because I don't think he'll be there. Right. I mean, he's going to get an SEC job in the next one that's open. Right. Totally. Just because he has created this way of doing things that... He's he, the first coach to override the transfer portal. Right. 
Yeah, like he now he, he, and, he and to only and, coaches to, the only way he's ever coached is to the transfer portal, right? No. And, and also to to override the NIL deal, right? Like, instead of saying, "Oh my God, I can't believe what's happening," we got to figure this out. He's saying, "Let's go, sign me up." We're putting your Twitter handle on the front of your jersey and your phone number on the back. Yep. Every single guy in the place for me is getting an endorsement deal. Let's go. I think the funniest part is during his games. The commercials. The commercials are all him. It's all him and his Hilarious. players and his kids and stuff. It's amazing. It's awesome. Uh, all right. All football all the time presented by Sportsbet Montana. No matter where you're at in Montana, there's a Sportsbet kiosk near you. Another update coming. So uh, hold on to your butts because I know a lot of times when they do these technological updates, people don't get happy about it. And... Uh, that just kind of is what it is. Pretty much every time you upgrade your phone, it's kind of frustrating at first, too. So you'll get there, and we'll try to teach you uh, from everything we know as well. But either way, a lot of stuff to wager on these days. The baseball playoffs have been crazy and fun. If you want a little fun tip, just go down there, put a couple bucks in there, and just bet the prop bets for Bryce Harper, Nick Castellanos, uh, and Kyle Schwarber. And Trey Turner. Bet just, just put two bucks on each of those four to hit a home run. One of them's gonna. Lately, two of them might. The other night, all four of them did. It's a fun way to just triple your money just by uh, watching some baseball. So baseball's been fun, but we are here to talk all about uh, NFL football. No matter where you're at in Montana, there's a sports bet kiosk near you. Just go on their website and uh, click on locations. You can find where you can place your wagers. All right, we, we're doing some guess the lines. I haven't looked at any of the lines for the week so far, other than tonight's line. I do know Thursday night's line. The Saints are minus one and a half over the Jags. Uh, last time I checked on Twitter, Trevor Lawrence is questionable. Game time decision. The Saints are... That division is so hard because I think all the teams in that division stink in the NFC South. So I don't really know what to think of this game tonight. What Any thoughts on Thursday night football? Well, Probably, probably lean away from it. Yeah, and... I'd, I'd probably stay away. I still think the Jags are a better team. So um, even yeah. with CJ Bethard, 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 um, yeah, I do. I think that the Saints are bad. I think the Saints are bad. I think the Saints yeah. are, are one team that. I mean, I think that their Derek Carr hasn't been able to figure it out. They have no. Uh, there's just really not a lot of flow. The offense, Kamara is who's the coach. Um, Exactly. <laughs> no, it's it's Dennis Allen, defensive coach. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I just don't... I've watched the Saints a couple times. I mean, I think they'll be around 500. I just think the Jags are better. I think the Jags are actually pretty good. Jags are pretty uh, good, and they got off to a clunky start, which made then people think that maybe they weren't that good. But then they... Ever since they went to London and spent the two weeks overseas, then they've looked good, and they, they, they just are... I think they are. I think I, I agree. I think they are good. And to clarify, they're in the AFC South, and the AFC well, South... Well, no, that's what I'm saying. The Saints in the NFC South suck. The yeah, but AFC the, South but is the, the Bucks s- are actually playing fair. Really well, they are, and the Falcons are. I mean, I, right. they're a tough out, sure. And the Saints are third, right there, sure. The AFC South, though, are uh, is actually probably the surprisingly the division that's been the most surprising so far because yeah. the Colts are pretty good, the Jags yeah, are good, Colts are right. uh, Jags are good, the Texans are better than anybody thought they were the gonna Texans be. Are legit. And if the Titans is the worst team in your division, then you have a pretty good division because the Titans are the not Titans playing are very well, bad, yeah. but they are they still have some marquee. Figures within the organization. Yeah, but we're talking about why are the Saints not very good? Why are the right. Titans not very good? They have bad quarterbacks. I mean, they got older quarterbacks <laughs> okay. that aren't that good. So before we get into the guest the lines, this is something that I've been talking about while you were gone, as well as with Andrew, with Marty Morneweg. I think that most of the quarterbacks in the league right now are not playing very well. 
Like at some point, we got to change the narrative when we're talking about this stuff. The number one thing we should be talking about is pass rush and defense and the matchup that they face in these games because there's a lot of quarterbacks that aren't playing very well right now. I, it's not that they're not playing well. I think there's some really bad quarterbacks. It ebbs and flows. This sure. is how it goes. I no, mean, this I, is I, not I, new to the NFL. I totally agree. I just think that there's a lot of guys right now that are starting that aren't good, period, that just don't really have a chance to be that good. And then also, there's defenses that are there's there's been some formulas that have been figured out to stop the elite guys, too. I mean, all the elite guys in the league, the only ones that are left that haven't looked at, at horrific at least once so far this year are Tua Tagovailoa and Patrick Mahomes. Jalen Hurts looked awful last week. Brock Purdy looked terrible last week. Josh Allen's had two games where he's looked just bad. I mean, and these are some of the best players in the league. So I, I just think it's uh, J- J- Lamar Jackson has looked terrible a couple times this year. I don't think, I think that it's very common. I think this is totally normal. Yeah. Um, there's just a little bit. So I think that there's, the, there's, what's this for, uh, you know, easy math, there's three tiers. There's the top 10, the middle 10, and the bottom 10. Sure. I think the top 10 and the bottom 10 are very consistent to how the NFL usually is. Sure. There's 10 quarterbacks that just can't play or can be out of the league in two or three years, period. There's yeah. 10 quarterbacks that can win you playoff games that will take you, that like are the best player on your team. Sure. And then the, the middle right now is where it's hurting because the middle quarterbacks are just bad. Yes. The Dax and Kirk Cousins and I those guys are think, just bad. I also I mean, think there's less than 10 guys in the good I'm category just using as well. Yeah, I'm just using some no, easy I, I, to- I totally agree. I, I just think that the guys that people want to think and hope are in the top 10, the Dak Prescotts and Justin Herberts and Joe Burrows and Lamar Jacksons and Deshaun Watsons and all those guys, they're not any mu- that much better than the middle part. That's the problem. Those guys are not great. That's the thing. Like The only guys that are definably just absolutely better – then the rest of the of the of the field right now, at least in the terms of the way they're playing, are Josh Allen, Tua Tagovailoa, Patrick Mahomes, and I was gonna say Brock Purdy coming into last week, but that's not even. I probably Jared Goff is the only other one that's a good quarterback that hasn't had a stinker yet this year. Baller. I mean, he's balling this year. Uh, Trevor Lawrence was in a no stinker category until he got hurt, but that's the other part. Is then you get guys get banged up too. Absolutely. I also think that if we're really gonna break this down, that there's only one good quarterback in the league. If you really want to talk about it like that, so <laughs> find a sports bet kiosk. You can bet on the Chiefs. Uh, you can bet him next year, the year after. It's, bet him for MVP. His name is Patrick Mahomes. You should just hammer that. It's it's so true, man. It's it's why Mark, Coach Marty and I talk about it all the time because we're always doing power rankings and whatever. And Marty's always just like, "Yeah, my number one team's the Chiefs." I don't care what you want to say about the ins and outs. He's like, "The team that is the favorite to win the Super Bowl is the Kansas City Chiefs, as long as Andy Reid is the head coach and Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback." One hundred percent. That's why they've been the Super Bowl pretty much every year for the last five years. They've been to the championship game five times in a row and been in the Super Bowl three times. So uh, pretty good. Uh, that's pretty good betting advice is uh, lean toward, uh, lean into uh, Kansas City. No one is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Um, all right, so I, I'm probably going to stay away from tonight's game as well. Uh, if Lawrence is out, maybe you'll look at the total and uh, – it's sitting at 40 and a half right now. Man, and so that's the other thing that happened last week. And this is what we always tell you. Week 5, 6, 7, and 8 are really tenuous weeks to wager in the NFL because teams are starting to figure out who they are, if they're rising or falling, if they got something to play for or if they don't, if they're hurt or they're not, if they need to make big adjustments or they don't. And, oh, by the way, half at least of the teams in the NFL play in places where the weather sucks. Definitely. And what happens when the weather starts to turn? When does it start to turn? Sometimes rainy and windy and sleety and whatever in October is way worse than snow. Definitely. So, I mean, last week, 
the game in Cincinnati, the game in Cleveland. Like, I mean, these games, all the unders were just on fire last week because the weather was terrible. You want me to read you some, Coulter? Uh, yeah. 27, 33, <laughs> 30, 32, 36, 26, 23, 37. 23. There was two games, two games that were over 40 points. Oh, my gosh. Two games, and that was 63 and 57. The other thing that's really, uh, that I don't think that the books have really been able to adjust to, but more importantly, the betters haven't been really been able to adjust to, is the, the just omnipresence of analytics. Last week, I watched Pete Carroll have the ball inside the 33 times in the fourth quarter and not kick a field goal because his team's down by four. If you would have kicked the field goal all three times, they would have won. But they didn't, and they lost by one. It's because the analytics so thing dumb. tells them to do that, and it's crazy. Throw the throw to the tight end and kick the field goal. <laughs> so, take points in the NFL. You take points in the NFL, especially if you're good on defense like Seattle. Okay, uh, let's let's do a little guess the lines then. All right, I'll jump into this week. By the way, this week's games are there is so many games that are really hard to pick, and so many games that are just garbage. I've looked at the matchups, just not the lines. So here, the first, I have them written down in the order that they kick, which is how we always do it, but the way that the NFL truly has them. Here's the lines for the first games before I give you a guess. One and a half, two and a half, two and a half, two and a half, two and a half. So we have straight home field advantage across the board. Um, There's some divisional games in there. There's some interesting backup quarterback games in there. We're going to start, though, with a line. I'm going to do three lines I think are really interesting or rather wrong and weird. The Detroit Lions surging at the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, man. And the Ravens looked good the first month of the year. Then they looked absolutely awful against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Maybe you throw that game out just because it was a, you know, black and blue division rivalry and it was in Pittsburgh. And, you know, Lamar they scored Jack- 10 points. I mean, they scored 10 points. And Lamar Jackson completely melted down in the fourth quarter. He didn't look like he cared at all. He's throwing picks and fumbling. It was, it was him at his worst. But then the Ravens got back on it, and they won in London last week. I know the Titans aren't very good, but it's still it's a good win. It's a tough trip. You, you know, you got to bounce back. I'm still on the side of believing that the Ravens are good. I, I thought they were like maybe top five in the league, good at the first month of the year. I'm not quite there, but I still think they're a top eight or ten team in the league right now. That said, the Lions. You don't want to believe it because of the Detroit Lions, but I think you got to say the Lions are one of the four or five best teams in the league right now. I have now. them right now as the sixth best team. Yes. Behind San Francisco, Buffalo, Philly, Kansas City, Miami, Detroit. Yep. I totally agree. And I, and I think that uh, you could interchange Philly, Kansas, or Philly, Buffalo, Miami, and Detroit depending on the Agreed. week. Agreed. Yeah. And I actually think Detroit's been the team that has doesn't have a stinker in there, and all the rest of those teams do have at least one where they didn't look very good. But the teams behind them? Ravens, Cowboys, Browns. I think that the Lions are better than all those. Teams. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, so, I think the Lions are favored. So I'm, I'm going to say the Lions are two and a half point favorites in Baltimore. That was my guess exactly. Ravens are three and a half point favorites. Whoa! What does Vegas know? I think that's a what really is, bad line. Is, that's a really bad line. I'm going to hammer. I mean, them, you could part of it's probably David Montgomery's out for. Detroit? Likely. I think that Jared Goff can throw it 50 times and win you games right now. And I also think and, and that... Because they're, they're so good up front, too. You can tease that line to, to Lions ten, plus 10 and a half, you know, and you could pair that with something else you like. I just thought it was a really weird line. Um, I'm not surprised that the Ravens were favored, but the the three and a half? Just a weird line. I, I was not about it. Especially with the hook. 
Like if you just said it was a two and a half, that's fine. Home field advantage, three and a half is is interesting. That we always talk about. Like it the, might finish at two and a half by Sunday, but I, if you like it, go get it at three and a half. I mean, I think the Lions win that game. I mean, and if they didn't, I could understand so why. So the fact that the Lions are dogs, that means that they're plus odds on the money line. Correct. See, I might just throw a a couple units on the Lions straight up to just win. That's what I was going to recommend for this whole morning slate. All those two and a half point favorites, um, especially because there's road dog or home dogs there. The Bears are a home dog to the Raiders. The Colts are a home dog to the Browns. The Giants are a home dog to the Commanders. I think all of those, if you like the team that's favored with two and a half, just take the money line and, and make it simple. Uh, here's another one for you, Coulter. You ready to go to the afternoon slate? Yep. The Arizona Cardinals traveling to the Seattle Seahawks. Whew. Seattle's coming off the bad loss against Cincy. They did not manage that thing well at all. Um, I Arizona's not good. Arizona's got to be in the, the bottom tier. They are definitely one of the worst teams in the league. Uh, it's in Seattle. It's in Seattle. Say the Seahawks minus five and a half. Seahawks by seven and a half. Seven and a half. Wow. And my notes say trap game or blowout. So yeah. last week, the Cardinals lost by 17 to the d- division rival Rams, and now they play another divisional game. I just think that the Seahawks either roll or that this is a really, really interesting one where the Cardinals make it you know, make it tight. So I- I'm not saying that the Cardinals are going to win that game, but 7.5 is, uh, is, is hefty. It certainly is. Yeah, in, and in division games... Man, that's tough. Seattle's got a good home field James advantage. James Conner's been hurt. They're bringing Kyler Murray has been activated from the pup, which is interesting. He's not going to play this week, likely, but sooner than later, I think that they will play Kyler Murray. Um, the Cardinals have just been feisty. Like I'm not saying they're good; they're just really interesting. They've, I mean, they beat the Cowboys. They played some close games. I just think that they're going to play one of these divisional rivals tough. Well, and I think, despite my my criticism of Pete Carroll's uh, decision making last week, I, I got to say that. He's a type of guy that won't let that bite him twice. I do think that they got a little bit over-optimistic about leaning into Geno Smith to be a key factor in them winning games, and now the rest of the league is adjusted, and Geno Smith is still fine, but he, he was playing like an elite guy last year at times. Yeah, he was hot. He was hot, and I think that they got a little bit overextended on him being like one of, if not the key factors for them winning and now the rest of the league's kind of adjusted, and Tyler Lockett's come back down to earth. He's still fine, but he's not the, you know, the elite guy he was. DK Metcalf, everybody's got a plan for him now, so he's not surprising anybody anymore. And honestly, Seattle's best offensive player probably is actually Kenneth Walker at this exact oh, moment. Yeah. So that actually comes back into what Pete Carroll wants to do DNA-wise, and that's pound you in the face, play defense. And Seattle's defense is looking good right now, even though they're all sorts of banged up. So... Yeah, I don't know though. I don't really like that line. I uh, you might I might tease that one down, you know, and put it in a parlay or something. But I'm, I'm not. I don't like the, the touchdown and the hook against Arizona. Absolutely, there's a per- perfect teaser opportunity there. Um, I completely agree. So here's another one that I think is interesting: uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who I can't figure out to save my life. I just don't understand who they are, what they do. I yeah. just don't get it. I just really don't. The Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to play at the Los Angeles Rams. Rams have no running backs left. The Rams literally signed their practice squad running back to their active roster and put him at the top of the depth chart and then signed Daryl Henderson, who they already cut last year, signed him off the street and activated him. 
they, that's been the dirty little secret is Shaq McVay th- throws the ball as much as anybody, right? They've been running the ball a little bit more to set up all the different extended run game stuff they do with Cooper Cup. He's gone off the last two weeks because of it, but they banged up their running backs to the point where now they're signing guys off the street. So how does that impact things? Uh, I still think the Rams are probably favored in this. I'm going to say, man, I'm not going to say even probably favored. They're definitely favored in this. I'm going to say Rams minus three and a half. Yeah, three and a half. Nice job there. I I said two and a half. Just a weird line. I, I... I always I texted you this the other day, Colters, that the Steelers are one team until they it changes. The Patriots for a lot of my life were the Seahawks back in the uh, uh, in the uh, Legion of Boom days and stuff. They're, yeah. they're teams that when they need it, you got to be worried about them. That's right. Like, That's why you don't bet with or against them. They've ruined my weekend twice this right. year already. Like when the Steelers are going to be like looking at five hundred and they got to win some games, right. and they're. A, should be a better team than the Rams, who are maybe even going to tank and try to who, rebuild. Who knows? You got to be worried when the team's getting three and a half like that uh, on the road. Kenny Pickett hasn't played well; he's got the hurt knee. I'll, I think all that is definitely playing into it. But you got to be concerned about teams with coaches like Mike Tomlin. When yep. you when you got to win, they they'll do anything to figure that out. Well, and and. Uh the guys on their team are just not going to go down without a fight. Like some of the veteran guys, like the TJ Watts of the world, are just not going to. I mean, they'll just get. Other guys to rise their level for Absolutely. games here and games yeah. there, especially on the road in L.A. Yeah. when everybody's yeah. after them. Yeah, it's an interesting one as well. I actually think the Rams are one of the most um, under underrated teams in the league. They're, I guess I shouldn't say underrated. Surprising. I like the Rams. I didn't think they were going to be good, and they are good. Matthew Stafford's healthy. Matthew Stafford's hasn't, healthy. Hasn't been healthy for years. I mean, his back, when you're like an old guy with a back issue and you kind of throw it sidearm and stuff, like if you're not healthy, it's not good. Well, and, and they navigated not having their dude, Cooper Cup, and and they didn't just completely tank into the you know and so then now cups back so it's just a shot in the arm and Puka's still good with cup back so and the Rams are a pretty interesting one actually the Rams are awesome man I, I think it's a, an interesting line interesting game uh, also a pretty neutral over under at forty four and a half which I I could see that going under just by the way that the Steelers have been playing on on offense. Let's bet Montana more. We'll break down the Sunday night and Monday night games right after this. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a, a, a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jshultylaw.com. Oh! It's the one is now. 
102.9 ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Welcome back to us now ESPN Radio. Thanks so much for kicking it with us. We're uh, going through our all football all the time with some of the best bets for the weekend. Here's one we didn't get to today, though. We recorded this earlier, about 2 p.m. this afternoon. But Justin Fields, starting quarterback for the Chicago Bears, was just ruled out this week. That means the Bears are going to start Tyson Badgett. Who? Yeah, that's right. He was the Harlan Hill Trophy winner. If you don't know what that is, it's the Division II Heisman. So he was a great player at the D2 level. He's an undrafted free agent rookie. I'd say hammer the Raiders. All right, I'll give you one more, Coulter. It's probably one of the games of the week, of the week. It might be the game of the week um, besides Detroit and Baltimore. This is the Sunday night game, uh, the Miami Dolphins traveling to the Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, so first of all, I want to ask you. I, I want to ask you about both these teams. Eagles coming off of an NFC championship, and, and they were in the Super Bowl a year ago. Jalen Hurts, one of the breakout seasons we've ever seen. The Eagles... Lost a couple guys defensively, but they also added a couple guys defensively. And, I mean, Jalen Carter is, you know, one of, the, one of, if not the most talented rookies in the league, and you add him to that defensive line. Is that, dude. That's a pretty – it's pretty good. You know, I mean, I was, I was telling uh, – I can't remember who I was telling, but I was I was proclaiming that I thought Hassan Reddick was somehow like one of the most underrated players in the league. I don't really know how people don't really talk about him more. He's so good. He's so good. That said – and the Eagles have a ton of running backs. They got, a ton, I mean, they got one of the best offensive lines in football. They have all the pieces. They also started undefeated. They started out five and zero, or four and zero, regardless. Four and zero, four and zero. But there seems to be like a missing ingredient, and like people that follow the Eagles say that. I mean, Andrew is an Eagles fan, and and he's saying that he doesn't think that they're nearly as good. Like, what's the missing ingredient? Shane Steichen. Am I on this? Right, Offensive though? coordinator. Yeah. Oh, Going yeah, because he went to the Colts. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts is... How do I say this? He's not a system quarterback. He's a coach's quarterback. Ah, he's yeah. got to have the coach. He's got to have the guy. And Shane Steichen was that guy. You can already Marty see Marty was that guy when he first got him there to Philly. You you yep. can absolutely see it with how the Colts are playing, who I think are not very talented roster, especially offensively with no Jonathan Taylor playing Zach, and they're, Zach Moss. And, and they're competitive. They're absolutely competitive. It's not that he's a super interesting play caller, though he does dial some stuff up like everyone does. I just think that he knows how to get the most out of quarterback position. I think that Jalen Hurts is probably missing that right now. Also, just a little bit of a hangover. I mean, they're beating teams without trying. They're playing poorly and still winning. Sure, right. Yeah. So, like, I think there's just like this little bit they need to lose a well, game here right. or there. Something's got to happen, right? they got to get going. Well, right, and, and, and to be fair, you know, if you have... <laughs> They could theoretically win three less games than they won last year and still be a uh, 11 or 12 win. They could still be the one team. team. Right. Yeah. You don't need to win 14 games, and they, they know that. It's just like in the NBA where you, you, a lot of times you see these young teams make a run at 60 wins, but then they're out of gas when the playoffs come around where the old dogs know, hey, we just need 50. It's just like LeBron and the Lakers. We just need to win 48 to 52 games, and we'll have all our guys healthy in the playoffs, and then good luck. No one's now ESPN Radio all football all the time. Presented by Sportsbet Montana. Okay, so I want to ask you about the Dolphins then. Real quick on the Eagles, I also think that the Eagles should have won the Super Bowl, and this should be a complete hangover season, and they shouldn't have to worry about it. That's true, too. Uh, okay. <laughs> this is me being a lineman. I, I still am having a hard... I totally see what Mike McDaniel's doing. They're so innovative on offense. Uh, they have three of what the 
eight or ten fastest guys in the entire NFL. Maybe three or five. Maybe maybe four out of ten. I mean, yes. You talk about Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, uh, Achain, and Mostert. I mean. You got multiple guys that were literally like national championship caliber sprinters. Most of the entire kill are the two fastest guys. And, and I mean, did you know that a chain was the a, a two-time national Gatorade runner of the year in the 100 meters? Dude, you know if there are track guys, I'm all over I it. I know. I mean, I, I, I was watching his highlights. I was like, this guy is impossibly fast. What is going on? So fast. So then I looked yeah. up his combine. Yeah. I mean, he ran 4-3 flat. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, this guy's running sub-10s in high school yep. in the 100 meters. So The real deal. Uh, they the, 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 the pure speed is undeniable. And Tyreek Hill's the fastest player in the NFL, right? Oh, by so I mean, by he's perhaps the fastest, fastest player, player in, in the NFL in, history. In the history of the NFL? Yeah, yes. okay. Uh, and then you got to a time about, oh, could just throw the bombs. I get it. They're doing all this crazy creative stuff. They have unbelievable speed. I don't know why. I still just don't believe in it. I believe that it's definitely good enough to win 11 games. I still don't think they're going to win their division, and I still don't think they have a chance to win the AFC. I think that's fair. I mean, I understand why, but I think that that's the same idea as who can I compare it to, like maybe in the NBA or something. I'm trying to think of a team that is on the forefront of cut, not only cutting edge, they're changing what the NFL is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to like see it be sustainable. Because yeah, I get that. I guess with the, when it comes to a betting perspective, I just am... In my mind, one of the things I always think of is, okay, what did I think this team's final result for the year was going to be? How many games did I think they were going to win, and where did I think they are going to finish in their division? Where are they in the scope of that body of work? Because if, if I believe that the Dolphins are going to be a 10 or 11 win team, which is very good, that means they're still going to lose six or seven games. When are those games going to come in when they already have stacked half of the wins I thought they were going to get this year? Yeah, I think you're a little low on that number. I just I think that they're better on defense than maybe people are giving them credit for. That's true. I also there's think so much carryover from the Brian Flores days. They still have a lot of those guys that they stacked up on defense before this offensive resurrection came in. This week, if you wanted to go read like some Miami beat, some Miami Post, whatever that you know the newspaper is down there, some Joe Shad, or you wanted to read some some beat stuff on the Dolphins, Mikey McDaniel was asked about. Tua being a system quarterback, and he kind of lost his mind, and he was just like, you guys are so far from off on this. Like, Tua is that dude, and Tua has been that dude, and he had a freak injury happen to him. And then, Two freak injuries. And then everyone, He had the Bo Jackson injury and the concussion thing. And then everyone starts to think that maybe he's soft, and he's going to retire, and he's a mama's boy, and all this stuff, and it's like... And we forgot that Tua is an absolute baller. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, like, Tua's arm talent. one of the great arm talents to ever come out of college. Is just insane. And the fact that the system is meeting the quarterback, yeah. I think that... We're, I think that we're underestimating it as a as a as a as a as a gimmick. We also have. I to, think that there is that piece of it, though. I think that that's maybe what you're feeling too. Like, oh yeah, all these track guys and two is out there, lefty bombs. Like, oh yeah, it's all cute and stuff. Wait till the playoffs. Like, it might be real though. It definitely might be real. I guess that what it comes down to though is that you're just going to have to figure out a way to win a game ugly. Can they? That's the question. They got to get those running backs healthy. So they have Jeff Wilson coming back, who was with McDaniel in. San Francisco, San Francisco and yeah. who is a nice player. I mean, Jeff Wilson is 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 a great second running back, and he's like their fourth. Yes. But as he starts to integrate into the offense, and you got a chain. H how do you, is a, a chain. chain a chain. chain. Yeah, a chain is so fun to say. Um, 
Mostert and you get Wilson start to integrate in there. Then you have um, Ahmed from from UW, and you got some yep. players there. If you got a stable of backs, I forgot they had Ahmed. Yeah, yeah, and he can still play. Uh, I you, mean, that dude is one of the most weirdly weird careers ever. Yeah, he was like one of the greatest high school players of all time, and then he was like a day one starter at Washington when they were absolutely rolling under Chris Peterson, and then he like got so hurt so many times that he just never mounted anything, but he still made the league, and now he's still in the league. It's wild. He's been a third or fourth running back for the yeah. last like six years. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, but regardless, if they have a stable of running backs, they I do think that they can win ugly. Okay, so I this game is where where is this game being played at? In Philadelphia. Man, I think the Eagles are favored. I'm gonna say the Eagles are minus four and a half. It, Eagles by two and a half. So Dolphins getting some love there. The highest over under of the week at fifty two and a half, which is a high number. Uh, we'll see how the weather plays all the, all that stuff. Colter, I've watched Philly a lot because I like them. Yeah, you know, I like all the teams. I like I like good football, and I I just I watch all the Philly. football. Right, I love watching Philly the last two years. They're they're great. They're one of my least favorite teams to watch this year. They're just they're not playing well. And yeah. like I told you yesterday, I think the Dolphins, where the trajectory they have, nationally trying to gain some traction and also put their stamp on the NFL as a good team. I just don't think they're going to lose like they did to the Bills in in a primetime game. The Bills wiped them 48 to 20 or something like that. They got there. They got worked. I just don't I think the Dolphins will do what they have to to stay in this game, maybe buy a couple points and and get it down there, but I I, I just see the Dolphins being competitive. I'm not saying that they're going to win, but the Eagles, as you mentioned, Colter, if you think the Eagles are going to win 12 games this year, they got to lose some sometime and this could be one that's interesting. All right, uh, give me the uh, what's the Monday night game? The Monday night game is a great game. It's it's the San Francisco 49ers at the awesome Minnesota Vikings. Oh my god. It's in Minnesota. In Minnesota. Well, the, the nicest by all accounts, the nicest stadium in the NFL. <laughs> they fill it with such a good product. It's just elite uh, football. Get out of here. This is like my dr- my nightmare. This is the team I want to like versus the team that I you got to remember have liked when I was a kid or something. You got to remember that tell the, me I'm supposed to still like the Niners are coming off the loss to the Browns where they get in a fight. And pre-game. Brock Purdy has his first loss ever and plays bad for the first time ever. And Trent Williams got hurt. Fight. And Debo Samuel got hurt. The two guys who get in a fight trying to be tough on the Browns' home field, and they go down. They miss that field goal at the very end. They should have won the game. Quite the win for the Browns. Get, I mean, they get a. A Roger Goodell P.I. flag at the end. Three of them, in fact. I mean, yeah. I was screaming at the TV. It lost me, because I, I only put three bets in last week because we had to get out of town, and there's no sports gambling in Idaho. So we're sitting there watching the games in Idaho before we head back, and I'm just screaming at the TV. All I need is the Niners to make that field goal. That's it. I got a minus one and a half on all three tickets. I'm going <laughs> to win all my money. And it's, it's oh, man, absolutely, utterly brutal. That said, the, the Niners are absolutely favorites. I'm saying they're touchdown favorites in Minnesota, minus six and a half. Yeah, absolutely. You nailed it. I think that that number might even be a little bit low. Uh, well, if, the, if, if it's anything like the last time the Vikings played on primetime when they played the Eagles, the Niners are just going to run for 300 yards. And it, Kirk Cousins will throw for 400, and people think he's good, and he's not. Oh, you just wait. You put all your they money. They don't have to throw it to either, though, because Justin Jefferson might just be done. He might just be shutting it down. You put all that money on those Niners, and you watch Kirky go get you a backdoor cover. Oh, You're going to love it. Gosh. You're going to love it. The four point Vikings uh, loss. Then what's the over under in that one? 44 and a half. All right. Just hammer the over, skip the line. Uh, any other uh, big pieces of advice this week or any 
paired together parlays, anything like that you like? Well, uh, the Buffalo Bills are eight and a half point favorites at the New England Patriots, and the Patriots oh, have scored, I think, let's see here. I, I, I haven't done the, all the math. In the last month, they've scored like less than 20 points total. I, I mean, I think, I, I think they've scored two offensive touchdowns in the last month. They scored zero points last week, which is not a good, that's they, not that, a lot of points. That, that's, the, that's the third time they've been shut out, I think. That's not a lot of points, Colter. <laughs> zero, in fact, is none. Uh, if you are um, Robert Kraft, you fire Bill Belichick and try to hire Lincoln Riley so he can draft Caleb Williams. <laughs> I The Patriots got to do something. I don't think they're going to fire Belichick. That'll be a great day if they do. Uh, I heard this stat the other day. Belichick right now is closer to the all-time most losses record oh, than yeah. he is to the most wins. Because he needs 19 more wins. And I think that he's only 10 away from the most losses. So oh, what, a, what a stat for old Billy Bell. Well, because uh, they're trying to give him grace so he can get Don Shula's record. That's going to take him like three years. Yeah, it would, they, they were thinking, okay, this will take like two more years. This was last year. And now it's like, this might take four years. Yeah, they don't got a quarterback. They don't have any pieces. They, I mean, their receiving core is, is laugh out loud, man. Kendrick Bourne I mean, Kendrick Bourne from Eastern yeah, Washington, Big Sky guy. Conference, stand up. Well, yeah, Kendrick Bourne, all the love in the world. Love Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, he should be your fifth receiver. He's your best receiver. He's your fifth you receiver. You're good. So toast. Yeah. Eight and a half point favorites. I love teasing that just under a touchdown. Let's just say, let's tease that all the way down to two and a half, Colter. Let's tease the Lions up to ten and a half. Um, and let's add in maybe a money line like whoever you like. Um, I, you know, I like, uh, let's say, the Raiders at the Bears. I like the Raiders to win that game with no Justin Fields on the on the uh, Bears' side. Something like that you could just add in there to that little Lions at 10.5, Bills to win by 2.5, and, and throw in a money line that you like. I'm sure you're going to get you know around plus 150, maybe even close to 200. Uh, throw some units on that and, and fly to the moon. There you go. Brooks Duanez, all football all the time. No matter where you're at in Montana, there's a sports bet kiosk near you. Visit their website, click on locations to find where you might find one. Also get that Sportsbet Montana app so you can get all the in-game stuff and follow the lines in real time. Glad you're back, man. Thanks for being here. Oh, I love it. Hey, you know one of my favorite things, Colter, home dogs. Last week, home dogs were 4-2 and two covering. This week, there's six of them. You got to think. Six home dogs. Somebody's covering. Who's it going to be? More on Nuanas now right after this. Don't change that dial. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. Before we let you go, though... Remember, Justin Fields ruled out, Trevor Lawrence ruled in, and the Jags are still dogs. Go get it before the line moves. Sportsman Montana, all football all the time. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Thanks so much for kicking with us. I'm Coulter Nuwana's. Appreciate you for always spending some time. Just what I need more to do in my life. <laughs> it's a crazy time of year. I feel like I'm coming and going and running around all over the place all the time. But there is a, uh, there's a, in fact, the final mayoral debate tonight down at the city council chambers uh, on Pine Street, downtown Missoula. They've had a couple debates already. Uh, the, uh, I don't want to say the biggest one, but the one in the biggest venue with the the ability for the most people to attend happened at the City Club, City Club Azul uh, luncheon last month, I guess a couple weeks ago. But Mike Dugit and Andrea Davis uh, will debate one last time tonight. So it starts at 7. So I'm going to go down there. Uh, 
We try to keep politics out of this show because I want this show to just make people happy and bring people together, and that's kind of what I want sports to be all about. That's what I want this show to be all about. And I will say uh, I will never profess my political affiliations on this show only because, uh, first of all, we're not allowed to. That's, in fact, illegal based on the FCC. We can't directly endorse candidates and things like that. But I will say that I would encourage people to go because I do think civic engagement is a very important part of having a healthy and vibrant community. And I do think that if, if you want to live in Missoula, you should have a say in Missoula. And you do have a say when you get to vote. So uh, if you can make it down, I would highly encourage it. I know it's also going to be streamed, so you can certainly watch it as well. And uh, so it uh, should be a good one. I'm very interested to see uh, what each of these candidates have to offer. And it's certainly going to be uh, fascinating to see uh, who emerges. Because, I mean, Missoula is basically, in my consciousness of what a mayor does and how a city works, they aren't 36 years old. Missoula had the whole, same mayor the whole time, the late John Hingen. Uh, bless his soul, rest his soul. And uh, now here we are. We got a chance to have a new mayor. And it's certainly an interesting and important time in Missoula with how uh, quickly everything is changing. So last mayoral debate tonight. And then there's the, the election coming up uh, here in a couple weeks. I believe November 7th is the official date. It's the, uh, the second Tuesday of November. Uh, we have this fun book, this great book, The Montana Greats from A to Z, Absorky to Zurich, the greatest athletes from 264 Montana communities. So I just want to keep going through it. One fun one, Ballantine. I'm not actually officially sure where that's at. I believe it's in eastern Montana outside of Billings. But the the, uh, athlete for Ballantine is Jen Walter, one of the most decorated athletes in Huntley Project history. Walter was a 16-time Class B champion as a sprinter, hurdler, and in the relays. She won the 100 meters all four years of high school, the 330-meter hurdles, all four years of high school, and she was a three-time winner in the 200 and the 400. She earned 23 state medals, and Huntley Project won the team state titles her freshman, junior, and senior years. She was also a three-time All-State volleyball player who was a three-time state champion in volleyball, the Class B MVP as a junior and a senior. She then went on uh, to play at Montana. The Lodgegrass native was a four-time all-conference performer in track as a hurdler and a sprinter. She currently lives in Billings. So a small town highlight from the Montana Greats by Jeff Welsh. Love this book. We're going to keep on doing it. If you missed anything in the show today, we highlighted a whole bunch of great contemporary athletes from around the state. Talks to Montana State, Sac State, big-time showdown in California on Saturday night. Grizz Soccer, they're the Big Sky champions, so we gave you some updates on that. They beat Sacramento State 2 to nothing this afternoon to clinch that Big Sky title. Heard from Josh McCrossin from Corvallis High School. Gave you some prep hot tickets and also talked some NFL as well. We'll see you tomorrow. Rajim Seabrook from Stem to Stern plus Brent Vegan and Carolyn Chicken Doesn't Know Sports. See you tomorrow at 4 p.m. This has been Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that yeah. might, it must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. 
and uh, I saw some kids running around with I their shirt it. on, and it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. That's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you, but when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now <laughs> for the <laughs> University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that, but um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.